You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Halfway through the week here on the Locked On Utes podcast, and you know what that means. Sammy Mora joins us to give her thoughts on Senior Day in Colorado. We'll talk a little bit about what happened during the game and what to take from it, if anything, as the Utes head to Vegas this Friday to take on the Oregon Ducks in the Pac-12 championship game. We'll also talk to Sammy about practice, what she heard from Devin Lloyd and Clark Phillips, and lastly, we'll recap some big awards and award watch lists making the rounds when it comes to Utah football. All that coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast for December 1st, 2021. Utah friends and family, thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day as we are free and available on all platforms. And thank you for making this amazing Sammy Mora days the most samtastic day of the week here on the podcast. Yes, that's right. The legend herself is joining me today sammy how are you i'm great i think we should run a tally for like how many times you can like combine like either sam sammy or samantha into like some word and then like put like an over under on twitter be like hey guys how many what's the over under this week on how many times brian says it because i feel like that'd be a fun game because every week you just come up with more and more and it just keeps keeps me going you know that's what I'm here. That's that's what I do. Uh, that's what I come to to the podcast for is is to keep Sammy in a good mood uh, and and make sure she's happy. It's not um, hard to keep me happy, honestly. Though it really isn't. Uh, and and I, it's easy to see why because I got a chance to talk to your family uh, on Friday at the game. They're lovely. Uh, I, I could not be more excited for uh, a certain, let's call it a uh, a family, a secret family event that will be happening down the road. Yes, yeah. down the road. If uh, it's like if you know, you know, kind of situation. Uh-huh. But yeah, my parents, my dad afterwards was like, he's like, I really like that Brian dude. He's really fun. And then of course, my mom always loves talking to you. And then my little brother was just like, he's fun. He's nice. And I was like, okay, thanks, Jordan. But it's always a good time to catch up with you, with the other lovely people who want to chat me up at tailgates and stuff. You know, it's fun to meet some of these fans who listen and support both my writing stuff and stuff here on the pod and other stuff I do. Um, It's just really, it's really, really, really validating. And it makes me feel like I'm doing something good. Oh, I think you're doing some great stuff. Uh, I get all sorts of messages and DMs. Uh, some of them are uh, very fascinating. Um, some of them, most of them are, I should say all of them are very praiseworthy and how much people enjoy having you on the podcast. I think more than anyone, I enjoy having you on the podcast because you tell me lots of cool stuff when we come in here and we've talked multiple times about how you and I exchange texts during games 
Uh, we were doing such during the Colorado game, which probably tells people just uh, the state of that game. It, it wasn't anything important. It wasn't anything that Utah had to win, but they did go out and get the job done. However, uh, there is always that that fan, well, quotation marks it, uh, that has something to say about this game. And I, I'm curious, you know, uh, my thinking is that it didn't really matter, right? Like if they, they won 28 to 13, who cares? Like I, I could, I really couldn't take very much from that game. And Britton Covey kind of said the same thing that they just wanted to get through it. So did Kyle Whittingham. It was almost kind of like they knew they had to be there and go through the motions, but they didn't really want to. Uh, I think for a little while there, the fans kind of felt the same way and then things kind of woke up and the crowd was getting into it. But, um, you know, it, what, what did you think about the game having been there? I think, you know, it's a good point. Like, you know, Utah wasn't in that position where they needed style points. You know, if we were like five or six in the college football playoff ranking, yeah, like you want to go out there and you want to make a splash. You need those style points to hopefully bump you up in the ra- in the rankings. But Last week and Friday was very much a, like, let's just go and get it over with and get out of the, like, get out of there alive kind of situation. Not that they should have, they were ever in a position that I think they could have lost. That game in Colorado came up, came in very, 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 like, di- like dinged up. And once again, made me look like a fool because I said Nate Landman was my defensive player to watch for Colorado. Lo and behold. He ended up being out for the game. Yeah, and I was with, like, along with like half the Colorado roster. We yeah, should point that out too. It right? was just like writing that preview story was just like throwing darts at the roster and like hoping that whoever I landed on was going to play. Um, but it was a good game. It was a fun game. I always get really emotional and, and weepy on senior days just because of how much I care about this team and I care about these players. So for senior day, I'm always like a big mess, but it was honestly, it was a good game. Good experience. I went out to dinner with some friends afterwards. Um, once again, not a, well, not a lot of my friends are into sports. So it's just me talking and all of them just like, mm-hmm. yeah, Sammy, that makes a lot of sense. But it was a good game. You know, that little, I talked about it on Twitter, that little like flick pass from Cam to Britain for that touchdown was something magical. I know you, Brian, were really into it because of what Michael Mocafisi did, but <laughs> I like Solomon Enos, his block that he had in the end zone. Like that was a solid block. Like Enos is great on the blocking side of things for the Utes. He he had a, an incredible downfield block, and I think that there was a lot of discussion on Twitter about how much uh, he contributes to the team in that regard. And it's hard because I think as a wide receiver, you want to catch passes. Mm-hmm. Passes are the big thing, right? And touchdown passes, downfield passes, and I think Solo does a lot of great stuff for this team that really just doesn't register in the stat book, and it's a shame, but... Anybody who watches him knows he runs great routes. He puts a lot of effort into it. He's a tremendous teammate. He's a leader. And his blocks downfield have have he's scored more touchdowns by blocking than a lot of guys have by catching. And I think that really speaks to who he is as a player. And and we know what he can do on the field in terms of catching balls. And and he's one of the better uh, down the field, mid middle of the uh, the field receivers. And it's unfortunate that Utah doesn't want to throw down the middle a ton and, and also has some great tight ends that can catch the ball as well. And, And they're just thicker than solo, but he finds a way to contribute every single game in a very positive manner. And, and I just, I think that deserves a lot of recognition, a lot of attention, uh, 
was it Michael Mokofisi making a man's soul leave his body briefly as he hit him so hard right off the jump? I mean, like, you watch it again, and it's just, the guy gets hit so hard, and it looks like, it, it's like when uh, Roadrunner gets close, or, or Wiley Coyote gets clotheslined yeah. chasing the Roadrunner, and, and, like, the dude is just stunned. This is a 300-plus pound man that Moko just put on his tail. So, I think that play had so many good parts, oh, because you had Moko... You had Bam fully sitting on some dude, and then you had Solo's block, and then you had Covey like flashing the heart after the score. It all around, all out, all, all around a twelve out of ten play for me. Thank you. Also, very heads up recognition from Cam Rising on not only where the line of scrimmage was, but also being aware that he saw Covey coming, and then just being able to like flick it to him because that was very impressive as well. So. All around, great, great job by the Utah offense on that play. I will say I was a little heartbroken when Jalen Dixon dropped that ball in the, like, in the end zone because I love JD and I want to see him succeed. I think I love him as like a down, like a deep threat, like in the slot. Fantastic. But it was a little disappointing to see him drop that ball. So. You know, it's good to see that he didn't walk with seniors because then that means he'll hopefully come back next year. We can hopefully see some JD touchdowns next year because I love that kid. He's great. This offense has not needed his weaponry as much. I think this year they've been able to do it in in big chunks in in terms of the pass game. Uh, We talked about explosive plays and you want to throw the ball downfield. I think another thing too is Cam Rising has not been accurate recently and and I think some of it is a mechanics issue. I think some of it, you know, this is entirely speculative, but if we found out that he had maybe an injury that he's dealing with, would that surprise either of us? No. no not at he's all. He's taken right? some hard hits. He has. Boy needs to learn how to slide. I love you, Cam, but if you're listening, which I know you are, please slide. Thick boys don't slide, but thick boys definitely listen to the Locked on Utes uh, podcast, so thank you for being a fan, Cam. Um, I, I just, you know, it was it was one of those games where you had to get through, but I think you saw some really cool things. Um, and... Uh, you know, I think probably a good uh, good teaser uh, would be to talk about how on the defensive side of the football they were amazing, mm-hmm. but uh, the main reason that they were so amazing was uh, El Capitan, Devin Lloyd, and, and oh, he was yeah. just incredible all game long. When is Devin not incredible in a game? That's, That's my question. Even in like that one half he played, like he still put up like numbers. And Devin is Devin is just like a force to be reckoned with on that defense. But I think it's now at that point where it's it's trickle down. You're not only seeing Devin making big plays, but you're seeing a lot of these younger freshmen making the plays. Mainly the one that jumps out to my mind is Cole Bishop. You know, that kid, he is a like he is a like a like out of a cannon on some of these plays. Like I enjoy watching Cole play so much i'm i'm a defensive like kind of gal like i love watching defense um my dad says i get that from him um because he's the same way like my dad played defense and stuff when he played in high school but if you just even look at like the box score from like saturday i talked about this in my like my three keys to victory for ute zone a good majority of the, like, the key contributors on defense last week were freshmen. You had Cole Bishop, who had seven tackles. You had Clark, Clark Phillips, who had three. Jonah Ellis had three. 
you had Junior Tafuna with three. And then Junior also had, or yeah, did Junior have a sack? Yeah, Junior had a sack. Am I tripping? He did. Yeah. yeah, Junior had a sack. And then Cole had his safety his or his sack from like a safety blitz, which used to be in my Twitter bio that I love safety blitzes because those things, especially a Morgan Scally safety blitz, that is something magical. It, it's well, it's his forte. Uh, having played safety, I think he understands why the pressure works, and he he really does draw it up well. And he's used Cole Bishop, he's used Nate Ritchie, he's used a variety of guys in that role in years past. Um, I want to. Uh, I th- I thought the defense was playing exceptionally all game long. Brendan Lewis was. Uh, oh boy, I, we talked about Cam Rising taking taking some hits. Brendan Lewis took a ton of hits. You Thankfully, shaking up. Like, yeah. Like, not good by the like, end third quarter. I would not be surprised to hear that he's having nightmares of Mika Tafua chasing him around like, like a ghost from the grave. Because um, that's, and Mika, Mika destroyed the psyche of a lot of people on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was the real apex for the defense. And you want to see that as Utah goes into a game mm-hmm. as important as this one on Saturday. And I want to talk about that game as we flip around on the corner. But first, it is that time again, Sammy. We need to talk about your prize picks. Ooh. Yeah. How did you do in weekly fantasy this week? Um, You know, not the best. You know, we've kind of hit a, a rough ske- a rough patch. I, I picked up Cam Newton, thinking that he was going to put up some numbers for me. The only numbers he put up were uh, hit, uh, from the bench. Because he got benched. It was not not a good week for me. Um, but, you know, it's all about learning and growing from those mistakes you make in fantasy football. And that's uh, that's why prize picks is so great is because you can do it every single day. Uh, I mean, they're a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more props, uh, more bets, more star players, both Power 5, G5, mid-major, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they might even have NAIA players. I don't know. I haven't checked lately, but that would be pretty cool. Uh, they have for any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions. All of this so that you can get better every single day at Fantasy. The best part about it, uh, and Sammy and I have talked about this, you don't have to play against us. You don't have to play against Devin Lloyd. Uh, you, I mean, think if you had to actually physically play against Devin Lloyd. No one. Lose. I don't think anyone would handle that well. Not great, Bob. Uh <laughs> But you can do it every single day. You just go up against the numbers. You pick the over-under for all five players that you choose. You can go anywhere from two to five players. You can choose basketball. You can choose football. You can go across different sports. Uh, the other good part about prize picks, if you put $100 in and use the promo code Locked On, you get 100% of that in an instant deposit match. That's a lot of money to go play some fantasy. So you can learn on the fly, or you can just go be really good at it and double your money because you're listening to us, and we talk about it all the time. Uh, they... Easy to find their app. It's an award winner. You can find it in the Apple App Store or in Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They're also safe and offer fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Rolling along here on the Locked On Utes podcast, which is your first listen every day. We know that. We see it. We appreciate it. We support you making it your first listen every day because we are free and available on all platforms. You can hear my voice and you can also hear the voice of one of my favorite co-hosts, Sammy Mora. 
Sammy, you got to go up to practice. They're only having one day of availability because it's a short week. They might not have even had uh, that one day save. You know, I think they're kind of forced to do it. Uh, Kyle Whittingham is in full-on game prep mode, but you did get to chat with some of the defensive stars. Who did you get to speak to this week? So it was scrum time, which is always fun. Um, But I was there for Devin and Clark Phillips, the third. Do you feel like Devin Lloyd's had enough in terms of talking to the media this year? Yes. Yes. I feel like he is kind of near his end, especially because like the thing is, is with media members is sometimes you want to, you want to get asked the questions that'll get you the answers that you want. But Devin's really smart. So like, he'll be like, he like multiple, like said multiple times during the scrum. He was like, like I already said, it's all about this or it's all about that. And I'm like, okay, hey guys, like, let's start thinking of like other questions. Like, let's not man, man's got, man's got things he's got to do. Let's stop like uh beating around the beaten, beaten that we need to focus on winning the game because that was a big topic of like discussion on Monday was motivating factors for him and for the team as well. And also, um just getting over the hump and like not letting the lights of the game overshine what they need to do which you know i think it was britain covey actually mentioned he's like i think that having like utah play oregon earlier in the season and it being on national television being on abc and being in prime time helped because now that team is used to seeing the big cameras and used to having the crew and he talked about how um Herbie's going to be calling the game and Holly Rose going to be there. And it's a big deal. So I think having that is going to be, is going to be really important for this team. Um, Devin talked about him coming back. They, he said that he had a lot of faith in this team, even after last season and how kind of rocky it was. And he knew that they could get to this point and it played a lot in his decision to come back. And he said to see it all coming back to coming to fruition is a blessing, which I think all Utah fans are thinking that same way this year, because given everything that's went on in the last year to say that you're playing for a Pac-12 championship is something that like, I didn't even think I was going to be saying, I don't think, and I don't think a lot of people thought we were going to be saying this at this point. Yeah, for sure. Not. And I, I think it's, this season's been a roller coaster and a whirlwind, and I think that uh, you know the 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 finish is befitting what what's all taken place, right? And I think it's really exciting that the game is in Las Vegas this year. It's in the new stadium. It's going to be a packed house. I have a feeling that there are going to be an absolute ton of Utah fans there. Oregon fans will likely travel well. Uh, also, it's easier to get to Vegas, I think, for for both sides of, of this this game. Uh, what did they? What did Devin say in regards to playing the same team again? Because you have to. I have to believe that somebody asked him about that. Yeah, he did, and they said he said um, they mainly asked like what he saw from the game between Oregon and Utah and Oregon and Utah Part Two, which was Oregon State. Um, he said, "I know they're more motivated after coming in and not playing their best football." Um, schematically, I don't think it's too different. You just know there's going to be a lot more energy, um, which, you know, you agree with. Someone made a good point in the saying, like, usually if you replay a team, it could be anywhere from, like, 
you played them week two of your conference schedule, Utah was really dealt a really good hand in this situation because not much has changed in the Oregon program since the last time Utah saw them. Whereas if Utah was playing Oregon in like week two, like week three of conference schedule, and now so many players are hurt, so like people have left the program, it's a different Oregon team than um, now than it was then. Um, he talked about how they switched it up on Oregon State with a lot more empty sets and sometimes shifting a running back into the backfield. A um, lot of QB runs with Anthony Brown, screen passes, and just the same stuff that they kind of saw the first time they were prepping for Oregon mixed in with different stuff, which was out of the empty set or motioning in there or motioning in die from the back or from like the slot or out and out in the wide, which I saw and noticed within watching the game for five minutes. I was like, Oh, this is new. I haven't seen Oregon do this all year. So yeah, that, that I, it wasn't anything groundbreaking on that front about playing a team twice, but you gotta, you gotta at least admit Utah was dealt a pretty good hand with not having so much time between the first time they've played Oregon and now. I think a lot of it too is is how they played him in the first game that that allows them to to really operate from a position of power, so to speak. Utah didn't show that much against Oregon in the first round and handled them pretty well, mm-hmm. um, and, and have to be optimistic going into this game that there's still going to be some some opportunity for them to build off of what they did previously. Personnel's not going to change overnight for the Ducks. They they still have some injuries and whatnot. You know, I think the status of a few of those guys uh, will play into it as well. Uh, who else did you have a chance to talk to up at practice? I was there with Clark Phillips, who mm. stood there shirtless for his entire interview, and everyone was just like, this kid's like 19. Yeah. Uh, at one point in time, uh, he was when he first got to Salt Lake City, somebody uh, texted me and goes, I just saw Clark Phillips. So that's what a four-star athlete looks like. And I was just kind of like, eh. I mean, there are four-star guys that still don't even look like Clark Phillips. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he is an absolute just muscle hamster mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of just how he's built. He's very broad in the shoulders. Yeah. I didn't realize that very much until I was, like, standing in that scrum. I was like, dude's got shoulders. He does. He's got very broad shoulders. They're very muscular. I think that's part of why he's so good at what he does. And he's been a lockdown corner the last few weeks teams are barely even trying him uh you don't see a lot of action coming his way when when you do it's it's very rare that teams get catches on him right now uh what did he talk about in his interview so um the biggest thing that stood out to me was his first quote where he said it's a huge game and we're just trying to make history that really spoke to me because you know this isn't utah's first go around in the pac-12 championship game but they still have a really good chance. They have a chance at bringing home their first piece of hardware. And I think that this team is very, very, very capable of doing it. Their heads are on straight. No one's like, not that either one of the 20, either the 2018 or the 2019 team had this, but no one's doing this for personal gains or for personal growth. They all know that this is what they want. They're doing it as a team, especially given everything they've went through. They're a united front. Um, he said that he said, I do think they're going to, tr- Oregon is trying to show us some things they haven't shown. 
Um, they had a tough game last week, and we expect them to come out fast, trying to do things to maybe exploit us. So we just got to play our assignments, which, you know, that, again, makes sense because Oregon's coming into this game, again, an underdog. So why not go out there and try and, like, throw it deep on your first pass, see if you can get something, or go outside of the box with your play calling and see if you can find a hole in this stout Utah defense to start to exploit and be able to work work with to hopefully win. Um, I personally, now that the rush defense has finally, I think, figured their stuff out, I don't see rush defense being the weak point in this defense. Like you said, Clark has been a lockdown uh, corner the last couple of weeks. And Zamaya on the other side has been playing pretty well also. Plus you factor in Cole Bishop and Vontae and Brandon in the secondary. Like that's a no-fly zone, I think, at this point. They've dropped a couple of possible interceptions. So I don't see where Oregon's going to try and poke holes. But if they can find somewhere to be, I fully expect Morgan Scally to come back with some sort of adjustment because we've talked about how good his adjustments have been at halftime a couple of times before. Um, he said that um, he saw a couple of different things, kind of like Devin. They spread it there. They have began to spread it out more to different guys because their receiver room is very depleted. I think that was very important for him to point out because or they're, 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 who's left in that wide receiver room, basically, at this point? It's like Williams, because Pittman left, Johnson's hurt, and then, like, a couple of the other wide receivers are banged up, too. So it's like, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Clark, for acknowledging what we're all thinking. Um, <clears throat> and he, he also said he's, he's already watched the game once, but he's going to go and dissect the fo- film even more. Um to get a sense of even more of what they're trying to do, which, you know, if you're a freshman or like, yeah, freshman in college and you're watching that much film, I have major props for you. Brian, you're muted. I don't know how I mute myself. Like this is the craziest thing. Oh, I, anyways, it doesn't matter. But I was going to say, like, I don't know how you're not watching more film at this point in time. Right. I think the the difficulty is, is that when you're talking in terms of the chess moves and things like that, like, it's all about what's the counter, right? Because you know what they did previously. You know it didn't work. So what do they pivot to? How well do you know this staff? Well, it doesn't matter what they pivot to if you know the player that you're going up against better than uh, anything else because they're going to tell you exactly what it is. And so the more film you watch, the more information you can gather, the better you're going to know this opponent. I think that plays in Utah's favor massively in this matchup i think that's part of the reason why i believe that they're favored in this matchup even though they're going on the road um it, it's going to be a difficult one this is not going to be the same fight this is a an oregon team that i think has taken their lump and and i don't think they liked it i don't think they you know i don't think they're proud of the effort that they had but like you said they're they're missing some wide receivers you know i don't know i don't think jalen red's gonna be back they've got troy franklin still he's a talented freshman uh, you know that there are some guys out there who can play, but you're missing some of your best wide receivers, and and so I think. Uh, but you, if you're Utah, you have to prepare for everything, and so that's what this week is all about. It's about preparing. It's about keeping the proper mindset. It's about staying focused, and so I think it's really impressive that a young guy like Clark Phillips, who 
as we're talking about it, he's barely played his first season in terms of number of games just a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, right? Um, what else did Clark have to say in terms of just matchup and everything like that? So they asked him like how he's going to prepare like or anything because a lot of the topic talk like talking points with him was about how he's never he's a freshman so he's never played air quotes in one of these big time games because this Utah team seems like every game is a big game for them which I I understand um, but he talked about how he has a strict routine of visualization yoga meditation prayer and then a lot of film study in that order and that's how he stays like focused on what he's doing and then you also factor in he said coach scally is always trying to impress on us to stay in the moment um take it one day at a time and he said if you look at like oh i can't wait for this game or dang this is the biggest game in the season you're gonna look ahead and you're not gonna stay in the moment so scally tells us every day it's monday but we're treating it like a tuesday treat this day like it's the most important day and tomorrow treat it like it's the most important day. And that's what they're trying to do, which, you know, with it being a short week and you have to factor in a travel day, I think that's very smart. It's already hard enough to prep for a short week as it is, but a short week on the road just becomes so much shorter because you have to factor in travel and stuff. And then the time change, depending on where you're going to, it's just a mess. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think what what you can really draw from it all is how consistently these these players have all co- quoted their coaching staff and and listened intently to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's a team that's bought in and and look, we can break down the day, the game from multiple angles, but at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is is this is a team that when presented the opportunity to be successful, they've succeeded. Yeah, um, and and really they have one game in conference where it didn't entirely go in their favor but i love the way this defense is playing i love the attitude and the leadership and everything like that um i would say that if i were to uh to compare this defense to a flavor of a built bar i'm not even gonna go there i don't know that you could right i don't know if you could either there's just because i think that's what's great about the defense is that there's so many different you know, it's a very ver- like it's a it. versatile it's a versatile defense so are built bars though like there's a lot of th- i mean there's a lot of different flavors there's a lot of different applications for it like i don't know if you're a snacker sammy i'm a big snacker i, I need am. to have snacks to break up my day to keep me going that's when that built bar comes in handy and the best part about it is it's a healthy snack uh you've got that whey protein up to 19 grams depending on what flavor you choose less than five grams of sugar has real chocolate in every bite and it tastes good is taste an important part to you sammy this is like asking if sacks are good huh yeah it is good but i'm currently on like a little bit of a health kick so it's like i'm mm. back to eating like cauliflower which is not easy uh, uh, as well. Uh, I eat a lot of arugula, and I'm I'm not proud of that fact, but it is what it is. And I do it because I want to stay healthy, and, and the Bill Bar is a great bridge in between that arugula and whatever else it is that I'm eating when I close out my day. Nine amazing flavors. There's plenty of uh, new flavors coming in all the time. Uh, you know, it's Christmas time right now, uh, so so you know, maybe you're going to get those to be a stocking stuffer. Um, you can dip your Bilt Bar in a piping cup of hot cocoa, or uh, maybe you like marshmallowy treats around the holidays. Uh, they have the Bilt Bar Puffs, 
which are almost like a marshmallow. So you can dip the puffs in your hot cocoa. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, Built Bar has something there for you. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Again, that's Built.com with the promo code LOCK15. It's the best promo code out there. And you'll get 15% off your next order of Built Bars. Uh, and it's good for everything there on the website. So, so go check out whatever new flavor they've got popping up this week. And use that promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, Right up to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Closing things out here on the Locked On News podcast with my good friend Sammy Mora. Sammy, thank you as always for coming on the show. Well, thank you for always having me. It's like it's like a home away from home. Yes, even, even though, though I record we record in my bedroom. Yes, even though we both record in our own homes. Uh, uh, I have to say that Sammy's bedroom is far more festive than mine. Um, it looks like she m- maybe has some awards hanging up over there. I don't know. Those no. <laughs> just pennants. Okay. Well, yeah, it's just a it's a royal it's a Utah Royals rip rip the Utah Royals pennant. <laughs> May they ever return quickly. Uh, but, you know, just because Sammy doesn't have any awards doesn't mean that awards or potential awards aren't being handed out. Uh, Mika Tavu was named to the final 2021 Ted Hendricks Award watch list. That is the award to the top defensive end in college football each year. He is one of 30 players, including being one of two from the Pac-12 that will be voted on by the selection committee with a winner being announced on December the 9th. Honestly, I'm surprised that we haven't seen him on more watch lists uh he's leading the conference in sacks right now which most people would be absolutely shocked to hear um you know because there's a pretty good player in this conference from what i've been told sammy yeah um i've heard that he's good i he plays on a team that you told me playing this week but you know i i've always loved mika and you know his he has the sack number that he's put up it's not like gonna blow your socks off kind of number but it's still vastly impressive seeing where this team was from september 3rd i think is when the first game was to now um the fact he's averaging 4.4 tackles per game in utah's last five games including six season high six tackles in two of those games that's those are good numbers, especially when you have Devin Lloyd on the same defense. Mm-hmm. If he's if he's able to get six like six tackles a game, plus Devin getting his, plus Clark getting his, plus Nephi getting his, it's there's not one star on this Utah defense, but rather multiple stars. It's true, and I I think the other thing too that you need to look at with Mika Tafu is it's the hurries, right? And what Utah's been able to do as a team in terms of how many sacks that they've been able to get. Uh, that's really where they've. I think they've shined is as a team, and he he causes a lot of that. Uh, Utah sits twelfth in the country right now with thirty eight sacks total. Number one is Oklahoma State, Alabama three, Georgia four, uh, tied with Clemson there in Houston as well. 
Um, so it's not, it's not like they're not in a good position, uh, but I think Mika is a big part of this defense. And, and, you know, at one point in time, somebody asked me if I thought he was an NFL guy. I was like, yeah, I do. I just don't think anybody else does. It does feel like people are starting to notice that now. And I think if you're leading the Pac-12 in sacks, you're coming from a university where it's been the norm. I think another thing that he's done incredibly well is he's been a much better edge defender against the run game. That's going to play in his favor. Is he going to have enough to beat out Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan? Hard to say, but really, I think he deserves a lot more recognition for what he's done. And and hopefully, there's uh, some, you know, if nothing else, a first team All Pac-12 award coming his way. Yeah, you know, nine and a half sacks, of course, leads the Pac-12, and it's seventeenth in the country right now, which not shabby, not sh- not too shabby considering Aiden Hutchinson's on. I don't know where he's right. I'm assuming he's top five, maybe even number one. But Mika is very underrated just because I think that he's one of the more quiet dudes on this team, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's something that is, is crossing over into like this discussion on whether or not he's going to be in the NFL or if he's going to where he's going to be drafted because, you know, Devin's a very outspoken leader. Um, but from what I've, when I've talked to multiple players on this team, they talk about how Mika also is like a huge leader for them. I the biggest one that comes to mind is um, Van Filiger and um, mainly Van actually. Van would when I talked to Van a couple of weeks ago, he literally said he's like Mika will stay late with me after practice and show me how to be a pass rusher, show me how to be better at this. Same with Jonah Ellis. He said the same thing. Xavier Carlton has said the same thing. All of these young guys are learning from Mika because he's there to show them. And if we can have, if Mika's there to show these young guns what to do, I think that there's, there's going to be a long history of Sack Lake City continuing because this tradition is just going to get passed down from, from class to class to class, from player to player to player. And Mika's the one that's kind of starting it. And I, I think Mika's great. I hope he falls to where my NFL team can draft him because I would love him on my team i would love any of these youths on my team but he's mika's gonna make some nfl team very 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 happy because he has what it takes to make it in the nfl agree entirely and i think the fact that he's coming in a little under the radar actually uh plays to his benefit because some team is going to get him and they're going to love him and uh, bang for your buck yep exactly 100 percent uh one other award uh notification or watch list notification Devin Lloyd named a semi-finalist for the Lot Impact Trophy Award I think he's won it the weekly version of that a couple times already this year um, recognizes student athletes for their on and off field contributions Lloyd is one of eight semi-finalists with the award winner being announced December 12th I would not be surprised if he won that one um, He's incredibly good. Uh, the sacks are one thing. Three interceptions. Uh, he has one of those that he dropped back for a, for a tug. Uh, 99 total tackles through 12 games. Ranks third in the Pac-12 and top 45 in FBS. He's averaging eight tackles a game. But I think the biggest thing is that he just he stands out everywhere he goes. The list of things that he's uh, like awards and honors is incredible. Uh, Butkus Award finalist. McNarg Award finalist. Semifinalist. 
Walter Camp Player of the Year Award semifinalist, Law Impact Trophy Award semifinalist, Reese's Senior Bowl invitee, which he was one of the first ones that they invited, Midseason All-American on The Athletic, ESPN, CSB, CBS Sports, AP, and Sporting News. He's on the watch list for the Bednarik, the Bronco Nagurski, the Butkus, the Lot Impact, uh, Rose Bowl Game, uh, Pac-12 Player of the Week, October 18th. Lot Impact Trophy Player of the Week, October 12th and November 9th. Uh, Senior Bowl Defensive Player of the Week, September 27th. And Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week, September 7th, October 18th, November 8th. Probably could have gotten a couple other weeks as well. And he was a mm-hmm. preseason All-American on the Athletic Athlon Sports. Walter Kevin Phil Steele. He is That's just something this else. season, yeah. by the way. That's just 12 this games. season. 12 That's games. Just, I'm out of breath. I'm pretty sure there was he had a lot of these same nominations last year too, but I think with the way the shortened season, it just it cut out a lot of the opportunity for her to him to get some of these awards. But you know, I I really think that he has a good chance at winning this. But also, I'm still bitter that he got cut off of some award lists because I was like, sir, you des- he deserves to be on more some more of the award list than he is right now. I think Buckus he got. He's not a finalist for the Buckus Award. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Big Narc. Big Narc. Yeah. yeah. He's on the uh, Buckus Award finalist list. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I mean, there's a lot of good players out there in college football, but everybody who watches this tape, anybody who watches the game knows how good he is. And he makes that impact. He makes it felt. He's a leader out there. He's, He's a... Senior playing with a ton of freshmen, I think that speaks even more highly to his, his cases and everything like that. So uh, just more praise for Devin Lloyd, and, and I think we should celebrate him while we have him still because uh, time is not not long. Time is fleeting. Yes, very fleeting. Look at that. I think I think he'll come away with at least one one trophy. I hope at least one trophy. I hope so. Because uh, he deserves it, you know. Um my dad and I ran into Devin's mom before one of the games and we were talking to her and she was just just raving about how much she loves Utah, how much Devin loves Utah, how much how grateful he was for this opportunity and how much he really was really, really looking forward to coming back for his final year. And I think that he's fine like every the, the stars are aligning for this to turn into like the like the best decision of his life because not only do they have a chance of winning a Pac-12 championship and making it to the Rose Bowl but he has a chance of becoming possibly a first round draft pick so you know that's a that's a that's that's not too shabby if i have to say so myself no it's not uh so just another Devin, Devin Lloyd appreciation post here on the Locked on Utes podcast. But we're also going to appreciate our listeners and, and let them get back to whatever it is that they want to do tonight. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening, tuning in. want to thank especially Sammy for coming on with me and, and keeping me company. It's a lot more fun uh, when, when Sammy comes on. Where can the people find you? You no, can find put me. Put down that fight on. No, it's a peace sign. I always flash the peace sign whenever I take photos. You should know this by now. But um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at S underscore Mora 99. Shout out to Brian for helping me get past the 500 mark. Everyone, I appreciate all of my followers. Every single one of you. Thank you so much for supporting me. Um, you can find all my written stuff on MuteZone.com. I have a story that I think... Utah fans are really going to like uh, that will be I'll be working on after the Pac-12 championship game to kind of keep everyone t- uh, held over until whenever our bowl game is. Um, 
but yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah. Thank you, Sammy, again for coming on, and thank you for uh, sharing your amazing talents with us on the regular, both here and there and everywhere. Uh, Want to remind everybody. Uh, again, say thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day, but also remind you to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Go check him out. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for November, oh, December 1st. Wow. Wow. Oh, happy December. Happy Christmas. Christmas is Christmas time is here. Happens every year. This has been the Lockdown Youth Podcast for December 1st, 2021. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.